Hello, and welcome to another edition of Red Light Conversations. Come on here today. Yeah, it's been a pretty amazing day here today. Um, just, to, just to let you know what's been going on, I've been working on many different podcasts, and I've been interviewed on many different podcasts. I'm on a social app called The Clubhouse, and we have a great podcast community there, and I meet some wonderful, interesting people there. And uh, one of the people come in the show, and I just sort of like, every time I hear his voice, it's just, I stop whatever I'm doing, and that is Manny Cabo. You say, who? I go, Manny Cabo. You might remember him from season uh, back in 2015 on The Voice. Uh, He got on there. Um, The thing about it was, Manny's got this voice that just, it's a natural talent. He could be radio, he could be a radio DJ, he could be a radio announcer, he could be a singer. He could do voiceovers, he can do audiobooks, you know, he's just got that voice. And I dream to have that voice, I don't, but that's okay. We all have our special talents. But what I'd like to say is, there's been a few things that are going on lately that's been keeping me busy. As I told you, I've been working on podcasts. I've got four, well, actually, I've got five now, but four that are actively going on. And uh, at the same time, I'm trying to take some time off the summer so I can enjoy the beautiful weather. But unfortunately, in the last few days, we have not had beautiful weather. So that's one reason why I'm on the show today. But, you know, I, I think this is a funny time of year. You know, when I do get a chance to sit down and watch television, what the hell? What the heck's on there? You know, like um, when when we got uh, access to thousands of channels, and I can't find something worthwhile to watch. What's wrong with this world? And I remember as a young person, uh, we were lucky if we had like uh, eleven channels on regular, and then you go to UHF. If I remember right, there might be a few channels on there, uh, maybe two or three. So we were looking at about ten channels. There. Always seemed to be something on during the day, well, daytime and late night. But I get to a certain point, and then you get that TV's gone off the air. You get that tone that just drives you to drink. I remember that. Those color bar stripes. What's that for? Make sure that your colors on your TV are right. I don't know, but that was that was you know that was amazing. We had TV. We had TV. And we didn't pay for cable. Yeah, we had antennas. We didn't pay for cable. So I don't understand that. You know, nowadays we we you pay for cable, and you still get to watch commercials. Well, not unless you're like us. When we do record something, we save it on the PVR, and then we fast forward during the commercials. 
I figure, heck, they already got my money because I had to pay for cable. But that's a lot of things have changed, you know, over the times. Newspapers have changed. Radio has changed. How many people actually listen to radio anymore? I'm not saying radio is not any good because I know there's some good stations out there and there's some good broadcasters. But it's funny where I sit right here in Mississauga, which is right next to Toronto. I mean, we border. Toronto's western border is our eastern border. We're that close. We're, We're like joined at the hip. But we are our own city. But here I am, and, you know, I look for radio stations from different parts of the world. Sometimes I listen to ones at home, but not very often. I listen to stations in the States, and I listen to stations over in Scotland, Ireland, England, and even some down in the Caribbean, if it's English-speaking, that I understand. Why do I do that? Because here I am, 58 years old, and I've been hearing the same thing over and over again in the news. The news is jaded. They present the news the way it's fed to them. There's no longer any investigative reporting where people go in and they get the real story. They get the story that's fed to them. That could be at any radio station. It could be at any TV station. It could be any newspaper or magazine. But I explore the world. I explore the world. I have internet. And there's a lot of stuff available on the internet, like different radio stations, uh, different magazines, different newspapers. And again, as I spoke earlier, like the clubhouse, let me give you an example, social apps. Social apps allow us to connect with people from all over the world. So we get to hear the story right from them. When they come on and they're so full of happiness because, you know, it's a good day. You know, the sun's shining. They got food in their belly. They got a job to go to. Well, I haven't really heard a lot of that lately because, to be honest with you, we're still going through this pandemic. And then we have that issue of who's getting the shot and who's not getting the shot. And should we be worried about the people that don't get the shot? I don't know. I really don't know what's going on. How we'll be able to travel, that I'm not aware. I don't know. Are we going to have some sort of bracelet? Are we going to have some sort of tag or something? Are we going to have a document? Are we going to have a digital document? In order for us to be able to travel, that I don't know. And when will our border with the United States open up? I don't know. We think we've gone, you know, we've gone around the corner, we've, you know, we've passed a milestone, whatever, and things are looking good. People, it's a virus, and a virus just doesn't disappear. Every year we go for, well, most of us go for a flu vaccine. Why? To prevent us from getting the flu seriously. And I'll be honest with you, since I've been getting a flu shot one year, the very first year I had a flu shot that I remember, I got sick. Since then, I haven't had the flu. And since working from home and being away from my colleagues, I have been pretty healthy. That's a good thing. So when the employer does say, okay, maybe it's time to come back in the office, they're going to have to show me 
why I need to come back in the office. I can see maybe going to office once or twice, maybe once a week or once every two weeks. But one thing this pandemic has taught where I work over the last 16 months is the fact that we can work from home and still get the job done. I don't know what it's like where you work, but maybe you can reach out. We can have that discussion. You know, most companies, their biggest liability is real estate. And, you know, when the lockdown started happening, Greater Toronto's been in the lockdown forever, slowly coming out of it. I think we're at stage two. Yeah, we're stage two now. Still no inside dining. That coming, we hope. But we got our numbers down. We could have had numbers down right from the beginning. I said right at the beginning, at the very beginning. So close the airport. Close land borders. Close it for people that have no reason for being in the country at the time. But here we are. You know, they didn't listen to me. My voice isn't strong enough. Then finally, the the premier, oh, I guess this would have been six months, seven months, or eight months into the pandemic, he pressured the federal government to shut the airport, but they wouldn't. What they did then is because of severity of outbreaks of COVID in India and Pakistan and, and countries over there, he banned those flights from coming in. You know, we're all learning. We're all learning as we go as the pandemic. You know, never nobody ever really planned for this pandemic. Although, uh, Mr. Fauci in the States, I mentioned a couple of years ago, I know two publications here, the Globe and Mail and the Toronto Star, I think it was about three years ago, well, maybe 2017, 2018, they did, uh, they did publish uh, articles about the fact that this pending pandemic there was in the article it was recommended that funeral homes ask for volunteers because if their staff got sick and died from a virus who's going to bury the dead or who's going to perform the funeral services so that article was written like i said i think it was 2017 in both the toronto star and the globe and mail so someone was thinking about it Someone knew about it. I'm not saying they knew that it was going to happen in, you know, the 2019, COVID-19, and then we're going to be locked down in 2020 and 2021. I don't think they knew that for a fact. However, there were warning signs there. But let's get off the, let's get off that, uh, that, let's talk about positive stuff. You know, like here we are in, like I said, the greater Toronto area. It is summertime. The temperatures are warmer. Well, we have been. This week's a little bit, I say a little bit cold. Not cold, but cold for this time of year and very damp. We've had a lot of rain this week, but again, the farmers needed it. It's been so dry. So I'm not going to complain about the rain we've had. Maybe it's been too much, but hopefully it helps the farmers. Uh, without that rain, we're not eating. Anyways, yeah, and I follow the Montreal Canadiens, their Canadian team in the NHL. You know, we thought they were going to uh, win the Stanley Cup, but Tampa Bay Lightning proved that they are indeed 
two champions as they went back to back. But you think it'll take a look at Montreal, who was like the lowest ranked team to make it into the playoffs. And they finished in the Stanley Cup finals against the best team. And I'll say that the Tampa Bay Lightning were the best team last year and the best team this year. What else can we talk about? Well, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're sort of in a race in the in uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, they're sort of, you know, it's iffy there, but, you know, win some more games and they can be, it could be a real rundown to see if they get a wild card into the playoffs. Other than that, uh, we really don't have much to talk about sports-wise, but what I'd like to say is the fact that we are getting the numbers down, and that's a good thing. And the fact that I have my backyard fully set up with my barbecue good to go now and my little patio with a canopy over it so I can, after work, I can go sit out there and enjoy the sound of the birds, feel the uh, the air, be able to breathe a little bit, relax. Still haven't gone for a haircut, so I'm looking a little bit like Einstein in the morning, but you know, what can we do here is I could go, but I kind of like it a little bit long hair because, you know, at this age here, and if you know me, if anybody knows me, my hair has been falling, falling out, and I got some bald spots. You know, everybody look behind the back of me and go, where's the bird's nest? And I said, I kicked them out. There's no bird's nest there anymore. Anyways, yeah, so I'm just on here, you know, this is ramblings of a 58-year-old man. Looking out there to see what's going on in society. And right now there's a, a lot of a lot of talk about what happened in residential schools, which I you know, I am so sorry that happened. I had no control of it. Not to say that I, I'm not responsible. I think we're all sort of responsible for it. Um most of those people that were involved in residential schools, and when I'm talking about residential schools, is somebody in their, in their stupidity thought it would be a good idea to take children from indigenous homes, put them in a school, take them away from their families, their heritage, their language, their history. Someone thought they were savages. And the way I look at it is, how dare you come into somebody's home, as they call it, and say, we don't like the way you're doing things, so we're going to try to make you like us. So, yeah, there was a lot of wrongs, and I'll say that right now. There's been a lot of wrongs. But this idea of knocking down monuments, taking down anything that reflects the past, burning books that mentions anything in the past, I think that's going about the wrong way. I think what we need to do, we need to sit down and have these conversations because the only way we're going to change the future is look at what happened in the past and ensure that today, in the present, we can come up with ideas to protect the future. And I'll I'll say right here, I believe that the Indigenous people were robbed of their land. And what did they do? They sort of circle them up and put them in like an encampment. We call it uh, Six Nations here in, in Ontario. But when you have a group of people that 
their entire existence based on the Crater River in Mississauga. You take them and move them to Six Nations Reserve, and they're not even on water. How cruel is that? That'd be like taking someone that was born in, say, the Sahara Desert and put them in the Arctic Circle. They would not survive. And surprisingly, these people have. So, yeah, there's been a lot of wrongs. But, uh, you know, there's also been... If we start the conversation now, we can protect the future. Not, I don't want to say the word protect the future. We can change the future. We can. If we have those conversations now, let's not erase, knock down all the statues, any monuments, any plaques, books, pictures, because if we maintain that, our next generation, we can take to them and say, this was the wrong way. So they never do it again. Well, thank you for listening today. This is uh, Randy McEwen, and this has been Red Light Conversations, things that come to my mind while I'm stopped at a red light. I jot them down, and then I talk about them here on the podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will come on here more frequent uh, as I'm, you know, still... Like I said, we're in stage two of reopening. So we're still sort of in a bit of a lockdown, not really any places to go to. And I have the studio set up in my my home office. So yeah, it's working out. You hear from here, you will hear more from me. And I promise you that. Have yourself a wonderful day. And like I said, let's start the conversations so we can make it better tomorrow. Good night.